welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me on this very special edition is uh, GB Superstar Dave Riding. All right, Dave? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm superstar, but yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you are a superstar to a lot of people. I mean, to me, you're just a northerner. A northern bald lad. Yeah, northern bald lad. <laughs> used to skiing on dry soap with that little mousy grin used to have when we were yeah. when tucking we were through, kids tucking through verticals and I quote a British coach saying he will never make it what's he bothering so yeah <laughs> who was that we won't drop names we won't drop names come name. on give it us was a hint it was maybe it was maybe the brother of uh, a regular on your show the brother of a regular on the show he was on the first he was on the first two episodes this year and we'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> So right, always you, nice you to guys, you guys can figure always that out nice back home. Them, um, yeah, well, two fingers to them. Well, not two fingers, but yeah, just yeah, a bit well, of banner, a bit of banner for the lads. Yeah, a couple of, <laughs> yeah maybe two. Yeah. No, um, mate, what a career so, so far. far. So far, yeah, I guess. So. How you know, coming from you know, like I say, those crazy yeah. dry soap days, and now, yeah, uh, boost your ego a little bit. But one of the best, yeah, one yeah. of the best. World Cup races there is. Yeah, it's uh, obviously a long old story, a long old yeah, road. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll write a book about it, but it probably won't sell that. very well. Because <laughs> I, I can't especially, spell. <laughs> especially if you're going to start putting names. You've got a name drop if you're writing a yeah, book. True, Everybody true writes that, it, yeah. puts names in it. Get a bit of controversy in there. Yeah. No, yeah, a long, a long road. And to be honest, more than I ever, as a kid, ever dreamed of. My, my, I, I, I'm open to saying that my dream was the one Olympics and getting in the world's top 30 um, when I look back I was, I was I actually remember the day I thought oh going to an Olympics would be cool and I was sitting in a religious education lesson obviously not paying much attention <laughs> um, and uh, thinking yeah Vancouver Olympics would be cool um, but I, I, if I look back now I think what the heck were you thinking because I was so far off back then in like 2002 or whenever that um, but yeah it's just going back to going back to the work every year and constantly trying to improve and I think it's one of those away. yeah I mean it's one of those things like when you look at your career so far to date it's pretty unorthodox I think it's safe to say in terms yeah. of um, World Cup races I don't think there's don't a, probably think, yeah. anybody that's had your story in terms of starting racing late uh, and not you know, you'd be the first to admit, like those early first, you know, those early years at Fizz were not, you know, you oh, weren't setting the world alight. I mean, someone messaged me on Instagram, and I forget his name now, and it's a young kid on the British circuit, and he said, um, I'm really struggling for confidence, um, first year Fizz, um, and gave me some of his results. And I said to I just said to him, um, go and look at my first results from my first year Fizz and write them back to me. Because I wanted him to, like, I didn't want to just say some yeah. uh, rubbish to him that, might not be like he unless he saw where I came from, he wouldn't really yeah. see it as true. So I said, Go and look at my results from the my first year fizz and send them, send them to me. I didn't say anything else, and he wrote back to me and gave me my results. And my best, I did three races, and my best result was 247. Uh, one star, one GS, and one and one super G. And I thought I was good because I was like 34th Brit in the in the British <laughs> junior champs, not even the seniors. And Noel, Noel Baxter won the race and beat me by 33 seconds. That's so, a good stat. That's a good stat. Noel likes that stat as well. So, I bet you, yeah. yeah. When you're getting a bit big for your boots, I bet you. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, just you remember you. those things, Dave. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they made me. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it, yeah, it just shows that you don't have to be the best in the world at 16, 17. It's like, where are you at 24 to 26? And okay, and okay it was a bit, I was a bit fortunate and British. And if I was Austrian, they might have said, yeah, you know. There's a good interview with Hersher, and um, it's on the YouTube, and he says uh, they ask him about my story and that, and he and he talks this about been after Kitzbühel. Yeah, this was yeah. like two summers ago, and uh, they ask him about my story, and he says, "Yeah, I've seen Dave training alongside me and right around for many, many years, and you know, I heard about him growing up on the dry slope, and in Austria we use this to clean our shoes, and normally I would say, you know, come on." You know, stop this now. Yeah. So we have a running joke in the team, like, "Come on, Dave, stop this now," because Hersh, yeah. you know, Hersh yeah. said it. But like, obviously, then goes on to say like the story. And his dad was actually a coach on the dry slope because his mum's Dutch. So his dad was actually doing some coaching on dry slope. So he, he really knows what it is. So he gets the whole story. So uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, I, and, and you're right. I think in a really weird way, 
and when you look about when you talk about ski racing and ski racing from a British perspective, how we you know we hear a lot of sob stories about how it's, you know, it's not easy being a Brit. Yeah. You know, we don't have the mountains. We also don't have the you know properly funded programs and this that yeah. and the other. And actually, that's been like you just said. It's like that's been your blessing almost. Yeah, like people say to me, like, what could you have done if you had their program? And I say, well, Might not maybe maybe not anything at all because you know. I was made to work and okay like it wasn't ideal in 2010 when the federation went bust but I had to work my ass off to yeah. um, get to where I got to yeah. so I knew what hard work was and and Antti Koslitz always used to say to, to the young Croatians coming up first you have to build a man before you build the, the thin, like he calls it a champion I'm not saying I'm a champion but first you have to build a man before yeah. you build the champion and, and that certainly it grounded me I just put in the work and now now I'm at the top. You had to stay at the top. It's hard work, but I'm used to it. So it's, it's just that's the way it is. Yeah, I guess like now it's a very different pressure that's that you're probably put on yourself more than yeah, sure. than anybody else in yeah. try in terms of like competing week in week out and it's all season long trying to topple these great names that are in our sport. And now your name is amongst those, so it becomes like a different challenge for you. And I think from the outside looking in, obviously when we used to race together as kids. Uh, and you beat me at Sheffield Minis race. Yeah, one of the questions I was going to ask years you old. was, <laughs> and you won the gold helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the All England gold helmet. Yeah. Yes, off subject, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I still actually no, I haven't still got it. I'd like yeah. to say I still yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to ask you, what's more intimidating, standing head to head on a dry slope, uh, or facing Marcel Hirscher at the top of Stockholm? You know, the I most think it's got to be a dry slope. The no, the <laughs> most scared I've ever been was the first time. Okay, Kitzbühel's daunting. Not the slalom day. Don't yeah. give me a kiss oh, well, slalom I'm storms, just not mate. made for the speed, so I don't even go into those realms. Like, I mean, I could jump in speed, but I just had the wrong body type, you know. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the most scared I've ever been is standing at the top of Hill End for the first time and just looking at the... I'm not even going to call it a dry slope because it's just ridiculous. It's so steep and it's so <laughs> bumpy. And it, you go out the gate and it's, it was just like, what is this? I've still never skied on it. Don't never made it's, that. It was too far away. I mean, we're I mean, we're sitting in your hometown, yeah. and th- that is, I feel like I'm in Scotland. Well, I know, and well, what I was thinking actually driving up, I've got some pillows next to my seat here in case you faint because <laughs> the air quality here, you must be like off your head with the Wait, oxygen quality. You too, must be absolutely buzzing. There's too much grass here, and yeah. this air is much too clean. Exactly, much too clean. Exactly, to, yeah. you know. Yeah. Where's a bit of grime? Yeah, Where's a bit of pollution? Yeah, with the smog. <laughs> <laughs> I can see for miles this isn't right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, in terms of like the challenge now for you yeah. it is to try and improve by tiny, tiny percentages, not even 1%, points yeah. of a percent to try and you know make the difference between what is an incredibly stacked field. Yeah, it's... You know, There's so many slalom specialists as well that are only doing slalom now. Um, you have the Christophersons and the Pantheros, but more and more Yule, Zainhausen, Matt, all these guys are just doing slalom. So they're spending a lot of time at it. So it's the depth of slalom is huge. Um, and like you say, it's, it's, it is marginal gains now, but like my coach Tristan is never satisfied with the skiing. So that's I don't a, think I've seen Tristan yeah. smile since 1999. No, so. exactly. I think he's forgotten. Uh, and never mind Ali the serviceman. He's even harder to please. As you saw on the TV in Madonna. You know, That's never about please. as ecstatic as Ali gets. It's a little fist pump and yeah. I'm out of here. That's enough. Um, but no, it is. And, and actually what's so good now is the Federation is in a place that can offer me more than just the skiing help. They offer me nutrition. They offer me psychology. Psych- Psychological, Psychological uh, <laughs> advice. They offer me um, fitness programs from professionals. And okay, I've always done a very good job with Tristan, but it's just giving you that other perspective and you know you're doing things right, even well, we if you're doing a lot before, the same. Before we, came, before we started recording about, yeah. you know, it's, it is a long career now. Yeah. And so not necessarily that you've been doing it wrong in the past, because obviously you haven't because you've got to where you've got, but it's yeah. important to keep mixing up, whether it's your fitness program, yeah. whether it's your diet, whether it's your home life, whether it's yeah. this, you know the Boskins Cafe, taking yeah. some sort of focus away from, not focus away from skiing as itself, but actually to have a different focus to be able to then de- 
detach yourself a little bit from skiing when skiing isn't yeah. the be all and end all. Yeah, like you say, it's I've done it. I think I've been full time fifteen or maybe maybe more years, and all I've done is skiing after college. Never went to uni, um, so it was becoming a point where I was. I felt like I was just becoming a bit of a monk to be honest in all I don't know what you know it's not a harsh word but <laughs> you never know what to say these days um, I felt my brain was just turned switching off so yeah really freshened up taking on a cafe with uh, my fiance Mandy's was like it gave me a taste of the real world and it's hard yeah um, so that put a bit of pers- drive to keep to, <laughs> yeah put the perspective back onto what I do as being quite actually quite privileged even though it's very tough and a lot of sacrifice but it is pretty cool at the same time and it's it's like it's my destiny yeah like i'm in total control of that i can't control if people come in the cafe like you've got to make it as good as you can for them to come whereas i can get up in the morning and i can go to the gym i can do that i can do this that's just totally for me you talked about how uh ski racing you felt like your your brain wasn't being worked as hard yeah um on the mental side i remember a really funny story about um Kenny Morton, yeah. who's your service man's yeah, yeah, brother, yeah. who used to race with us when we were teenagers. And I remember my first camp with Kenny, and Kenny's less smart now, but he was very smart then. Yeah. And uh, he used to like throw figures at him. Yeah. What's like fifteen times six hundred and seventy three or something like that? Yeah. And he'd just brrr, and yeah. give you the answer. And by the end of that season, we dumbed him down so he couldn't yeah, actually yeah. do it anymore. So <laughs> yeah. we managed to make him less smart. I think he's trying his best to try. Yeah. To, uh, he's certainly paying the consequences now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we probably cost him a few it's thousand pounds. It's the same with his brother Ali, my service man. He, the first year he was with us, he was, he'd get these daily math equations on this website, and it'd be like what are all those letters Al but he'd figure it out and he'd, and he'd be on the phone to his brother and he'd be working his maths equations out and I'd be like man I'm just completely out of my debt so yeah, yeah. like I'll stick to skiing <laughs> but after 15 years like okay I know how to ski I know that but it was kind of like there's so much more out there I felt like I was in this sort of I was almost I don't know trapped and I just wanted to spread my sort of I can just, really relate to yeah, that actually spread when out I, a little bit yeah because when I was still racing I found that when you didn't have something working for you outside of skiing, for yeah. me, it put so much more pressure on skiing. Yeah. So to actually have, in a, in a really weird way, to have a distraction outside of skiing, to have a focus away from skiing, yeah. meant that actually when I was skiing, I could bring more intensity to yeah. that because there was other things going on. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like you go back to the camp and you've not just sat, like if you, I'm training at home two sessions a day or whatever, but in the other time you're pretty much feet up resting and, and all you're thinking about well, is... part of training, yeah, isn't it? Rest, exactly. obviously, recover. Um, and all you're thinking about is skiing. So you go back out and you're like, oh, I've been thinking about this for the week or two weeks I'm at home and oh man, I'm back out here. and bit, <laughs> bit sick of thinking about it, to be honest. Um, but now I come home, I've got my fitness program, um, train on the Wirral as well. So it's so fresh, as w- everything's fresh on that side. Um, I've got to help my f- uh, Mandy in the cafe, so that takes my mind away from that. And obviously, I have to prioritise skiing. It's still my main focus for sure, and at, at least for three more years till the Olympics. Touch wood that everything stays fit, healthy, and and um, committed and that. But yeah, definitely refresh my mind and and ready to go again now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's obviously going to be good, and uh, also wedding planning. Oh, I know that's just too much. I mean, crikey, <laughs> that puts a whole different spin on life. I mean, I was I was a fan of leaving it. It took me eight hours, eight not eight hours, eight years to propose. I was a fan of waiting another eight hours to get uh, eight years, not hours, <laughs> eight years to get married. But that wasn't um, that wasn't an option. It turns out, and it's, yeah. so it's April. <laughs> yeah, busy. So the minute the minute you proposed, Mandy was like, right, we're getting it done now. Well, it was kind of yeah, getting it done, or there was starting to be sort of flutters of baby chat and I was like right wedding is <laughs> also it's a good idea because obviously there's a lot of photos taken at your wedding day and if you wait too much longer you'll be properly bald as opposed to just well yeah I mean if I get a good season I might go Wayne Rooney on <laughs> no <laughs> oh bring back the frosted tips yeah get the blonde tips back in and all that no I will be I mean I shaved my hair completely off in Ushuaia I think I got a bit bored in the log cabins at the bottom of the piece and Jai shaved my hair off and I was mortified so I was like, I'm, and it's still growing back, but then it's not coming. <laughs> Everyone warned me. They were like, if you shave it off, it won't grow back, and it's not. So it's just the helmet, though. I'm sure when I stop skiing and the, the you know the friction oh, yeah, of the helmet yeah, yeah. and all that, it'll, oh, it'll just right. come back. You yeah. know, full head of hair like yourself. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you're and, uh, for sure. Dad, I'll be yeah. in the lion pride like your mane. And, uh, so. 
You're de- no, def- that is a thing. Definitely that, coming back. Definitely yeah. happen. Be I'm a real confident thing. there. <laughs> um, obviously, at the time of recording, it is Halloween, 31st of October. We've got three weeks, is it, until? Pretty much, just over, yeah. So I go away again on Monday, and it's just it's three weeks on Sunday. Yeah. Bet you're kind of itching. So I better pull my finger out soon yeah. and get the speed. <laughs> but I bet you're itching to get going again, right? The summers are, as as people know and, and can imagine, the summers are like the real graft, right? They're yeah. The early mornings, the hard training days, yeah. the finding your equipment, the getting used to new yeah. skis and boots, you know, whatever you've been testing yeah, so out. It is, um, to want to race now, right? Um, actually, I'm, I'm more looking forward to this season than I have done for the last two. Um, I don't know if it's because this year I took a longer break and it was the first. It was the longest time I've ever had off skis in 15 years, and it was only 10 weeks. And I still did a bit at Chill Factory. Like you know, I don't want to lose it at my age. So, <laughs> so and uh, keep those cells working. But I remember after I'll, I'll just run you through a boring story. But I was leaving my house here after eight weeks off skis, and I was still in the mindset of like, I'm going to Chill Factory, here. and I, and I just go and train with my my dad on on the Tuesday night lesson. I just join in the group with the kids. It's it's coaching. Yeah. No, I don't coach. I just do the class with them. Yeah, so I'm doing the drills dad, and that and keep your dad. Yeah, my dad gives yeah. me a few tips. Good old and, Carl. Uh, but um I was I was leaving the house. I hadn't even got out of the estate and I was like, Do I really need to be doing this? I'm like like I'm tenth in the world and I'm going to a chill factory session with twelve to or ten to fifteen year olds or whatever. Um do I need to do this two hours? Um and I got there and I put my skis on and I absolutely loved it. I was like, Oh, I love. Um, I felt so refreshed, and uh, two weeks later, I went to Wittenberg and was just like, "Yeah, this is for me." Keeps whereas in yeah, whereas the years past that have slogged on through the British, done a bit of testing or whatever, and had maybe five or six weeks off skis and gone back skiing, thinking already, yeah, because it's a long season. If it's for, it's another forty-five weeks until I stop skiing again, so it's like, poof, I'm not fresh yeah and yeah. uh so this year i made sure i was i went back fresh um then with help was um i mean dan hunt at the federation's put in place some unbelievable people um i'm not i don't need to name drop but it's like i'm in a good place um and it's really really is down to me i've always had the ski guys they they work their backsides off for me tristan jai ali um so that's never been a never been an issue never been a yeah. doubt but off the snow um i've got such a good team around me that it, i'm like right it's everything's ticked i've put the work in over the summer we've still got three weeks where i've got to fine tune and make sure i'm in the in the right place to start getting proof is i always say proof is in the pudding i can i can sit here telling you what i've done where i've been how fast i've been yeah. blah 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 it means absolutely nothing until you push out the start gate yeah and because that's when you judge i'm not judged it off a training time in wittenberg or whatever it's it's the race day, so I have to be on in shape then. And it's and with it being against the clock, right? It's yeah, super black and white. It's, it's really... black and white or red and green. Yeah, and uh, social media will light up if I do well. Uh, if I if I get a twelfth, it'll be tumbleweed, and if I do bad, then it'll be Dave's past it like how, last year. How, but... You know what? How funny is it that twelfth is deemed a bad day? I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast, yeah. like when we're talking about. You know, yeah. Obviously, we uh, keep up to date with how you're getting on. And, yeah, yeah, and we're victims of it from from my side like now you know 10 years ago you get in the top 15 yeah you know absolutely buzzing like we are now when you're yeah, top fiving but all of a sudden it's like 12 it's like oh, come on dave and then you have to like it's like slap yourself a bit and be like come on this is yes yeah, it's, it's i mean it's it's good in a way that it shows where i am and what's expected of me and uh well, actually, now I'm in a space where, like, all right, I need to kick on. Twelfth, I've been like tenth, eighth uh, to fifteenth for three years now, and I've I've got comfortable there. Um, but so it is kind of kick on. But say the last two years when I got a twelfth and I and I put a result on and thank everyone for the support, it literally tumbleweed. Really? It'd be like not bothered. Where's your, where's your top <laughs> ten? Where's your Kitsfield podium? <laughs> yeah. um, and and last year was really funny because um, I was twelfth in Levy. Which was it was okay. It's a solid start, but it's nothing like you say. It's nothing to shout about anymore. Um, and then Salbach, I had a bad day, uh, it was a bad second run, and I was twenty third. So I was, I was. You always question yourself, like, what are you doing? And then with the with the skis and stuff. Yeah, as well, people with, were talking yeah, about the skis. They gear. were talking about I'm thirty two now, and um, I mean, I always look at the last two Olymp- 
picked gold medals in slalom. I think they were 34 and 35. So you need the experience. Um, but yeah, then went to Madonna and then there was a freak of a first run um, where the, the lights started working after the top 30. Yeah. And after the top 30, it was in 15. So prime second run charge place. Um, I was fairly happy with that because I was bib 17. And then all of a sudden people started charging in there. Like bib 70s were going ahead of me and I was in like 27th. Luckily held on by yeah. like 400s. And that was a real make or break. It, it yeah, was. And, for your season in terms people, of World Cup start list and stuff yeah. as well. Like it's a big pressure. But even just to get the, the ball rolling because then you have the Christmas break. So it, it, I could have gone home for Christmas thinking, crikey, this is yeah. going to be a long slog now. Um, but look, whatever it was, I, I was sitting in the cafe in 27th and I like Madonna. And I was like, I'm, I could put my house on this. I'm moving forward this second run because I was only like, I don't know, half a second off ninth or something. And I was, I yeah, would, stacked, I would have, wasn't it? I would have put a lot of money on me having a good second run. And but I saw on social media people were like, um, Dave's passed it, blah blah blah. What between runs? Um, I didn't see it between right. runs, but you, after the race, I, yeah, I can't it. sleep after a race anyway. So I just find myself monging out and trolling the internet. Yeah. And um, if I. It was like, yeah, Dave's passed it, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then after the second run, obviously, it went from that to Dave is going to win the next World Cup. I'm just like, whoa. Just gone from just, one extreme yeah, to yeah, it's like, passed it to going to yeah, win. It's just like insane. The and, um, world, but yeah, that's the world. And then obviously parallel, I was second. So that just added to the added to it all. Um, but, but yeah, it's where I'm at now. So I've got to deal with it. That's part of part and parcel of it. Yeah, it comes, you know, that's why. Yeah part of your job part of your life yeah. is having to deal with that yeah I just hope people world. respect that say say for instance Alex Tilly at the weekend was 27th in Solden mm. um, it's a very very good result and it was her first time in the top 30 in Solden um, I, I just hope people realise how hard that is and they give her the credit for being 27th even though um, sure people aren't thinking my result of 12th is anything special for me for like Brits to be in the top thirty, it's a fantastic achievement, and then yeah. to kick on from that is where I we need to go. It's like you, it's like you're saying, and, and and I think at the same time, it's a definite nod to how well the team is doing as a whole. Yeah, with the British We've team doing as a whole, like like you said, how disappointed people are when you're twelve. Yeah. it's like Alex. People have been Alex Tilly would have been disappointed that she was twenty seventh. Yeah, not because that's a bad performance yeah it's just because 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 of the expectation but also it's like a nod to how good people yeah are, i mean we've got it? some so serious talent sort of, yeah we've got some serious talent coming through and and hopefully in say two or three years the norm is for brits to mm. be around the top 15 that's where we need to be and then the norm after that when i'm finished in 10 years or whatever will hopefully be brits on the podium yeah that's where yeah. We, that's like I've proven that we can do it. Yeah. Um, I came from a dry slope. I didn't get any good until I was like 27. So if someone's getting decent at 20, 22, then the the world's their oyster sort of thing. And and that's I've spoke about it at length multiple times when I've been coaching or um, at any sort of ski event. And you you are without blowing smoke up your ass. It like a great story for kids because yeah. you've got a guy that's not come from somewhere where you know it's been easy to get to where you've got to you've come you've come there through hard work and a kid that's struggling at you know what it's like being a teenager how difficult it can mm. be in general and in sport yeah. that, that you're not finished if you're not quick at 18 no and i think actually a lot of nations other nations are, are taking notice I think yeah. in terms of not, it's not a case of right. If you're not good at 16, see you later. You're done. Yeah, you, uh, and you people see people on the Austrian team it. now um, who are not in the top 30, but they're like 26 years old. You would never have seen that five years no. ago. They'd have been long gone. Um, but it does show that I think to get in the 30s become maybe harder. So yeah, because the, it's so stacked. Yeah, like from I'd yeah. say from probably from about 15th. Yeah, out till about 50th oh, is. Yeah. The margins are incredible. Yeah, it's it's like last year I think twenty or the year before I counted I think twenty six or twenty seven people out of top ten. Different people. It's just like <laughs> yeah. So you have to be on your game every single race to get your ranking in the top ten. Uh, obviously we've had Hersher and Henrik who have been a bit better, and then there's the sort of 
the group that can challenge for the podium. That's where I want to be this year. Every race challenging for that podium. Yeah. That's where I have to be. I'm 32. Hirsch is gone. I have a feeling it's now or never for me. Like, I'm not going to live forever or last forever in the yeah. sport. Like, yeah. hopefully, I feel great. I've not had got any problems, injuries, confidence, motivation, whatever. But reality is, okay, you might... If I can go to Lizard 40, great. Um, but it's now or never, really, for my like top-end stuff. And if I can keep, get it now for the next three or four years to and to the Olympics and then maybe pass for a few years, yeah, that's my goal. Um, but it, it has to be now. Yeah, I mean, like you say, you've talked about how you are in yeah, great shape, injury-free. You've been on this equipment now for a decent period of time. Like You're yeah. all together with all that sort of stuff. Your motivation is still there, so... Absolutely, why not? And you've got these stories, you know, these athletes that are still doing it way into their... Yeah, it's correct. And also, you've got the relationship that you and Tristan have, your mm. coach, your head coach, is like you guys have been working together now since the Olympics in 2010. Since 2010, he was the assistant then, yeah. And then since then, he's been my, the main coach, yeah. And uh, I remember having a, a conversation with Tristan after your second place at Kitzbühel. Yeah. And obviously Tristan was buzzing, and I think that may be the only time. That was probably the last time I saw yeah. Tristan smile. Um, and he was talking about he he, keep, he kept getting phone calls that whole season, but he was talking about it at that race about what on earth he's been doing with you, like how like yeah. what have you been doing with Dave? Because you'd moved. I think yeah. two, two seasons before that, you really started to. I started getting my top thirties. Two seasons before, and I think I think I finished like thirtieth or thirty first on the in the start. I was thirtieth in the standings, thirty first on the start list. Because as you said, as you commented on the first podcast, it's a complicated <laughs> yeah. system. Yeah. So yeah, and so they were like, "Oh, you know, Tristan, what have you been doing?" And he and like he was talking about like the nitty gritty. He was saying that that you guys spent yeah. like three weeks without a break indoors. Yeah, I mean, people doing think we're mental. Thirty runs a day, and we are a bit mental. Uh, there's no question about it, but. Yeah, so I won the Europa Cup title in 2012, the year after I scored no World Cup points in Slam. I could have been the first person ever to do that. Like Europa Cup, you normally step onto the World Cup the next season, yeah. or at least knocking on the door for top 30 standings. I didn't score any points, so it was very much a case of um, we need to change something. I wasn't good enough on the World Cup piece, so Tristan just took it upon himself. Um, and like the amount, the hours he's watched a video of me skiing is. I, I couldn't even guess it's he, he'll watch it three or four hours every single day I know today he'll be watching my skiing at probably two hours we're not on camp but he'll be watching my skiing looking at how do I get better and his attention to detail went through the roof that year and yeah we went to Wittenberg for three weeks um, we just started just grinding on this this sort of technique focus and it's, it's funny because I grew up on dry slope the bit like Wittenberg, the short, you get a little sprint down there and you can work on technique. So it was kind of the norm for me. Yeah. Didn't think anything about it. We have, I, I kind of had to knock it back the last year or two because I was, I was like mentally like just seeing walls. Yeah. But yeah, we just went about it and put in some serious graft. And um, yeah, at, at that time, that was, I think the first year we did that, we, we didn't have Ali. So it was just me and Tristan and we just, grinding through it I was doing my skis twice a day for the sessions then we got Ali as well that took a huge pressure on me straight away then so then it was like you could guarantee that would improve me because yeah. I wasn't having to do my skis so then being ranked 31st I moved to 21st in the next season so I got myself established in the 30 which is tough because oh, you need yeah. to be consistent yeah, coming yeah. in every race um, and then the year after that I hit the ground running and then it, everything just was clicking. It was so easy. It was like, because um, you were talking about how you lose World Cup points and gain it on you on the World Cup start list. But I was sixth in the first race. So I gained so many World Cup points on what I had. Just really established, gave yeah. yourself a real and platform. Then, yeah, and then I was 24th in the next race. And okay, that wasn't where we wanted to be. I think I was 24th, something like that. And Tristan, um, Tristan wasn't happy with that. But I knew that actually I'd still gained one point on the World Cup start. So I was still moving forward. Mm then the next race I was 13th and, and it was just like a snowball effect and um, yeah or it's something like that in the season I can't remember exactly yeah, but but it, then I got in the top 15 Then, I, but then I was still only losing like 7 points a race so any result in the top 20 I was still gaining on people 
Um, so then everything was so simple, no pressure. Kids no no expectation, right? No, no really. expectation. Every result was good. Um, if I was in the top 20, I was satisfied. Tristan was satisfied. The people back home were loving life. Yeah. Um, it's just a snowball effect. And then, obviously, Kitsville, then the next season. And you're like, right, now I'm ranked in the top 15. And I want to stay here. Yeah. Then it becomes hard. Then, then the, the first race I'm leading and I fall over. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm skiing fantastic. But I came away with actually minus 28 World Cup points on the... But is that something that really, like, that you you have a real awareness of? Yeah, it's something I have too much awareness of. Because I'm like, I just calculate. Yeah. That's how I've always done it since the Europa Cup days. Because I knew how important it was to be in. Yeah. So I just end up calculating. I could tell you, like, <laughs> it's stupid. But I'm trying to come away from that this year because... Um, I don't want to be 8th to 15th anymore I want to be better so to do that um, I have to take more risks I have to have two good runs Yeah. so I have to take more risks on both runs I always knew I can do one run where I take risks and I'll be fine but two runs is quite hard to get around like you've got to charge the first run and then if, if you're in a good position you've got to charge the second run in bad conditions or yeah. in like bumpier conditions Yeah. so it, it's it's tough but I've been working a lot on the mental side to put myself in a place to do that um i've still uh, the next three weeks is going to be real like make or break how i come into that first race um but yeah like you always say on the podcast it's like when are we going to see two runs mm. and it's not that i don't try like i really want to do a good first run i don't know if i get myself too fired up yeah too tense yeah and that inhibits my skiing because then on the second run, if I'm in like 23rd, I'm like, I don't want to finish in 23rd. Yeah. I'm getting nothing so for this. that gives you the fire to, so then to I, risk. I, yeah, and, and more relaxed fire. And it's like, right, well, if I don't ski good, I'm going to be 25th. And I'm, I don't want that. Yeah. So, and, and I was still in a zone where 10th, 12th is a decent result and would always keep me in my ranking. So that was always in the back of my mind where I've really come, got to come away from that now. Is that something that you've, obviously you've you identified that yourself and I'm sure you've had that sort of awareness for quite a while. Is yeah. that something you've, recently you talked about how the Ski Federation, how GBS have got, um, you, you've got a lot of access yeah. to stuff away from skiing. Is yeah. that something that's like, changed over the last, over the summer period? Like is, this, is there a different setup that you've got like yeah, I mean, trying to tackle that now. Like from the top, we've got absolute professionals. So Dan, he's been with British Cycling, and okay, he came into skiing and he maybe didn't know how to. He didn't know what a parallel but turn or whatever. Really... But he knows so much about top level sport that it it was just, just so just fresh out tools for you to use. And to he just knows quicker. what you need, and and he knows what I need before I even speak to him. And I don't, so I don't need to speak like I don't need to be like he just puts things in place, and it's it's unbelievable what he's able to put in place for, for me as an athlete so yeah I mean he's put everything in place there's absolutely no excuses um, and yeah he, he then challenges me right come on we're going we're going more he will never put pressure on me if I have a bad result he will yeah. never put pressure on me and say what's going on or whatever he's not like that he's like everything's in place you've put the work in let's see let's, let's see how we go yeah. you know we've done the hard work no pressure, always supportive, uh, and that's, that's that's great. But the challenge is there yeah. to become a podium athlete rather than ten to fifteen athlete. And that so. is that is down because as you, you performed, like you say, on runs. So your yeah. skill set is there, and it's like any it's the holy grail of any ski yeah. racer. If yeah. you if you go slowly and do two runs. That you uh, that you have to do two runs in a row, you know, yes. speed like when, yeah. you know, back in my racing days, you just one run and yeah. you, that was it. So you you didn't have a chance to have yeah. to dwell on a good first run or a bad first run. I mean, you've got to sleep thinking about going off the mouse fallow or whatever. So there's an element of that, and <laughs> I, I have full respect for the speed guys. But yeah, like I've won different type of pressure. I've been the fastest. I never like saying I've won a run. I've been the fastest on two first runs. Like I've been in the lead for two first runs, which. Okay, one run, well, one run, and I've walked away with two World Cup wins, and I've also been the fastest on two second runs. So the speed is yeah. in me, um, but the speed's in so many people. Oh. But it's who's putting it out there consistently, and who's taking the risk to put it out there um, that gets that gets it. And you, you touched on it earlier the the your performance in Levy when yeah. you were leading that yeah. first run. 
is that something that haunts you a little bit with that second run or is it something that fires you um, moving uh, forward at the time it, it, I was, it was devastating yeah. it was really really hard to take and it was so it took me so long to get over because I was like when looking back Kitspiel I just wanted to finish I'd never finished Kitspiel before so I was leading and I was like I don't yeah, I care speaking to you before I do you. not yeah you were at the yeah. race like yeah. it was funny like you were at the race Andy Noble Mark Tellen was there all yeah. the, the Anne was there all yeah. the lads came out and I yeah. <laughs> stuck it on the podium um, yeah. you all yeah. went out and got yeah, absolutely obliterated the, the and I was racing two week. years le- two so days later so yeah, it was like the first part of that, that weekend yeah. but not the second part yeah so it was like I just want to finish Kitspiel so and then Levy obviously I was like right I'd I knew I was skiing fast in training and I was like and I said to myself no matter what I'm putting out there both runs and I did that which I went with my game plan but I fell over and I was like that was my I was like that was my chance wasn't it that was my I got goosebumps even thinking yeah, about it like, I was thinking <laughs> that was my one chance to win one yeah. and I was thinking that, like everyone was like you were skiing so good it's going to be such a good season yeah. and I know it doesn't work like that Yeah, I was like that was it that was my that chance. Was how you, that was what you took away from that. That was uh, from it. Levy. I left Levy thinking, was that my chance to was, win the World Cup? Yeah. Thankfully, I've proven that it wasn't because I put myself in a place to win one last year at the at the parallel. Okay, yeah. it's not slalom, but I was in the final, and uh, I melted a stone. Like people don't know it or on TV, but I absolutely melted a rock on on some somewhere in that final. I had a huge edge burr, and okay, I had to risk. Um, but it's like you can't ski on an edge like that so I ended up coming out okay people like it was too much on the edge but I just melted a stone mm. so it was like that was that gone but second I was pumped to be back on the podium I was standing on the podium thinking I'm back on the podium and I didn't know if I'd be able to do this again and you and that was from all the way back because that was the levy to that World Cup that yeah well, like that didn't dwell on my mind that long um, no but it was that was I the had sort of a, next time where you felt like I'm... Yeah, well, I, I had a good result in Madonna again, like two races later, because I had Levy where I came out, I had Val d'Isere where I was 19th, and I struggled like hell in Val d'Isere for some reason. The I'll be better this year. Te- yeah, I mean, there. I got... That. It was dump... Yeah, like you say, I went after a TV break and a start-stop, so yeah. I had like four minutes in a snowstorm, and there was so much snow on the gates, I, I mean, could I was, not see. Again, Andy Noble was there, Jan was yeah. there, and I was there. We were like, yeah. right, maybe we're the omens, we're coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... I forgot about that, but that was hell. So I came away from the first two races with 11 World Cup points, and I was like, now I'm up against it. And then I was sick, so that takes a bit of the pressure off. But um, yeah, I... It, it made the season really tough because I was chasing in the rankings. I was chasing, and then that was where your yeah, your and, mentality, yeah, in terms and then like over analytical, yeah, over over analyzing. I went into defense mode, and I just kept myself ranked in the top fifteen. Which, yeah, I mean, like we say, it's an amazing achievement to have a, to be ranked in the top fifteen. But That's I had so much more in me. Yeah. yeah, and then last year I put myself back in the chase for a, a win again, and um, now I believe I can kick on and, and I've been in, it's sort of like because being ranked in the top 15 was way above my expectations it was like I'm just doing enough here I'm staying here but now that's become the norm and comfortable that it's like right now we really have to try and move on I mean I might not achieve it but I've got to give it a go yeah otherwise I'll finish wondering like exactly what happened if I could have risked those yeah. what, why, yeah. why didn't I risk go. more yeah I mean it's always going to be the you know I'm sure every ski racer, no, I have those questions. You know what? Ifs. Yeah, and so that's you just that's don't what want to be left with. That. That's what I like. We're all in the same boat at the end of the day. They're all dealing with the same emotions. So why am I? I've just got to deal with it as good as them. Who, uh, when you're at World Cups, no. who who are the the lads giving out some good chat and giving good out banter. some good crack? There's never been banter like the dry slope days. Good. They were the best good. days. Going, that's why I did it till I was 21 <laughs> I mean I loved it and I was getting right, me too. I Absolutely was getting pelters from left right and centre to keep like I'm gonna you're coming down to I, I remember I did three races when I was 21 and it was only because someone said to me I don't think you'd be able to beat such and such and I was like well there's a fire lit <laughs> so I came back to three races and won them and was like right there you go right now it's time to stop but um yeah, the banter on those days was awesome. But if you were to bring some banter, that's very professional. Like I, I would never go up to a racer before a World Cup and and give them the the cheek that we'd do on dry slope. Yeah. Um, 
in the parallel it's a bit different before the race and you know who you're racing in the first race people take them it's because it, it's such a new event people are still unsure how to take them so I was having some good banter with Manuel Feller nice. last year I bet that's and, really uh, nice yeah so that's good fun um, but then obviously when you're in the start I'm racing say Manuel Feller and last year I mean I don't know if anyone saw his Instagram post at 12.30 in the middle of the night blind drunk before the race so that put a whole <laughs> different spin on to what I was expecting from Feller because you don't know what to expect anyway yeah. let alone someone who had <laughs> had a couple of drinks the night before who was sitting next to me at dinner table giving me all sorts of pelters I was like you don't know what I've been through mate I've had to deal with these southerners all my life on the dry slope and the, and the guys from Newcastle so this is bread and butter right but no it's as, so, as far as banter goes, I wouldn't say on the race day it's very, very professional. And I never go up to, I would never go up to Hersher and do it, but I never go up to my mates, say like uh, Hiroshlov or Yule or the, good, the guys who I know really well and be yeah. like giving them like the, the cheek we used to fire around <laughs> two minutes before a dry slope race. So just out of respect and you know, it's a, a different zone, but yeah. It's a, well... It's a very professional set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as you can expect. Yeah. We're not there just like, they're not there just having a laugh. They're trying to win. And I mean, there's prize money on the line. Dry slope, you might win a, a free gift voucher the somewhere. Ski Bartlett voucher. Yeah, or those, somewhere those a ski racing supply voucher and yeah, get stuck up on my Zardos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's a, but there's plenty of banter around the resorts because we all travel together. So it is a, it's, it's a strange yeah. little circus. Yeah, you're I almost, mean, it is a circus, you're almost ending up becoming two good mates with the people you're racing against and you end up I remember I got to the bottom of Kitspool last year wasn't my best race last year and uh, Johnny Nordbottom had been having a tough year and um, I came to the bottom and uh, I was in second and I was like damn it like, I knew I'd made a on mistake yeah on my second run yeah. I was like damn it it's just a bad day and I saw he was leading and he'd, and he'd straddled and he crashed in so many races before and I was like well Fair play, mate. I was like, I'd, I for so I didn't mind. I was like, yeah. good on you, Johnny. You've you've stepped up, and uh, so it's kind of like you end up becoming really good friends with some of them because you spend every single yeah. week of the year. Tra you, you even train with them. Like I trained with the Norwegians a lot last year. I trained with the Hiroshilov. Trained with the Swiss quite a lot. So you you know them so well. But it's like on race day, it's like I've got to become yeah, a bit more. Just, yeah, I've definitely got to become a bit more cutthroat and be like, I'm gonna reckon take you guys down sort yeah. of thing which is more what I had uh, yeah just the last two years like like I said I wasn't as sort of fired up motivated excited for the season and it was like boy I'm a bit I'm tired yeah um, but this year I'm a bit more ready ready to rumble kind and of thing with, uh, with without Hersher as well as a yeah. whole because is it, do you think it's going to be strange do you think the World Cup scene I mean we saw it from Solden at the weekend it's definitely going to be different isn't like it? I mean I, I mean I don't know. You'll you'll get these questions through the winter, but I think the athletes are, it could get pretty pissed off with the fact that you know the what about Hirschers? Yeah, know, I mean all of this sort of stuff, which is going to follow World Cup professional races for the next three four years. Yeah. Um, for instance, say I was to win a World Cup this year, which is what I'm, which I'd what I'd love to do, and what I'm going to try and do. Um, I, I'm already I've already gone through in my head the question like. Yeah. What if Hersher was here? Do you think you would have been here? Yeah, exactly, like, exactly. Be, yeah. And all I can say is, from Fizz Europa Cup World Cup, I only ever beat, and not including parallel in Islam, I only ever beat Marcel Hersher once, and that was in his very last race. He beat me. I was second at Kitzbühel. He beat me. Um, okay, he came out in Madonna when I was fourth, but if we both finished, I never beat him until the very last race in Soldeo, and I was I was twelfth, so. He, he was totally off the boil. Um, so to get it in your mind to beat him on a race was so damn hard, almost impossible for me to do. So it was almost like I'm racing for at best second and top five's great, top 10, fantastic. I could never get it in my head that I could beat that guy yeah. because he was such a ruthless he's, racer. He's who he is. And, he, and he, you wouldn't get him off the podium. Um, so it was like, it, it was so hard to get it in my head. Whereas now he's gone, it's kind of like, now it is now or never. Yeah. Like, I've beaten the others. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit easier to think about winning. Rather than before, it's so hard to think about winning because it's like, oh, well, <laughs> old mate, <laughs> old yeah. mate, eight overalls is coming, he's yeah. turning up. One of the best 
in yeah. of all time. Yeah. Like, how do you? Yeah, it was so tough mentally. So but I think that question is going to get banded about. Isn't and it? yeah, and so it should. I mean, he was. But at the end of the day, yeah, he's not there. He's he? not there now. Yeah, and and in five, ten years' time, I won't be there. So it's it, that sport rolls on. There'll yeah. be another superstar. Yeah, Clement Noel's only like seven years old, and Vinatz <laughs> is about two, and he's in the top thirty now. And so it's like these guys are coming. So it's not going to be long until someone else has established themselves as a Marcel Hersher, whether it's Alexi or Henrik or whatever. But yeah, it's, I, why not me establish? Yeah myself as a slime yeah I mean there's no force. reason why not yeah well, so, we, we all hope it is yeah I do as well <laughs> <laughs> who, who who is the one to beat in slalom year? who do you think if you're if in slalom or tip you, yeah in slalom in slalom I mean you, you can't look past do you if think it's got, going to be Christopherson I would say he's my number one um, but it's it's tight now you saw last year he didn't finish second in the standings he was he's, I think he's ranked third um, Clement Noel Yule um these guys have caught him up, yeah. And I'm very much there or thereabouts. Um, I'm definitely, I've definitely caught Henrik up a bit. I still hadn't really caught Marcel up, but the other guys definitely were. Everyone's concentrated a bit. Yeah, um, the gaps have definitely shrunk, um, and it's it's funny because the young guys are coming through. Who are the guys who I've raced against on Europa Cup? I'm going with these young guys, like improving with the young guys still. Um, okay, slightly slower the last two years. But um, I still believe I can improve. It's lots to improve on. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely. It's gonna be. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be mega. I can't. Wait. I think it's gonna I be really wait. close. Um, it's gonna be really, really interesting slalom season. GS, GS, you, you definitely got to look at Pantera. Uh, well, like you saw in Sol the weekend, yeah. and he looks so strong. He look. He looks. He also looks different in his mind. He also looked the last years like I couldn't beat Marcel. You're waiting for a bad day from yeah, Marcel. Yeah, he, he also looked a bit like that. And, and I um, I stayed in the same place as him in Ushuaia in Argentina for a month. And he's also changed. So I think a lot of people's mindsets are going to be different this year. It's going to be like, right. So that's going to bring the level on as well. So it's not just a case of be at the same level. The level will go up. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the, the group. And I, I don't think it'll be Marcel's level, what he consistently brought yet. But the level will go up just because more people will believe that it's going to be their year. Yeah. So there's there's going to be definitely that, and and that's what I saw in Alexi. I've not seen Henrik all year, so. But so, yeah, Alexi, I definitely saw that. So. Do you think he's going to start bringing it into the top seven consistently in Slalom? I mean, so, from what did you see from Zagreb last year? He was so hard to get out of the top seven. He's ranked fifth, I think now or sixth. Um, yeah, he's going to be there. I, I saw him in Ushuaia. Yeah, saw him in the Shwire and he was fast. Did you show him a thing or two though, though? On that day, no. <laughs> I wasn't miles off, and I'm not. I'm not scared to admit it. But and that also puts it also gives you a kick at the backside. Yeah. Um, it was one of my first days in in the Shwire, so I wasn't like I was panicking. Um, we got some awesome work done down there, so I know I got some great work in. But he was fast, um, and yeah, and they've also got Clem on the well. They've got a really good team, so. They, well, they, they're a very, very strong team. Yeah, I mean, them and the Swiss. I mean, probably you, like the strongest line yeah. in terms of. I like, mean, and the Austrians, Matt Feller, Schwartz, Hirschbull, all in the top when, eleven. What's going on with Schwartz? When's he? When's he, well, he's back, he, but he just wasn't quite ready for Zolden. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so it's not great. He won't miss Levy. Get a bit of a niggle. It's not the place. To no go one ever seems to miss Slamskiers. They never see. Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to mention injuries because <laughs> it'll be me that <laughs> pops myself. No. Um, Everyone's always ready in slalom, so yeah, it's. But Pantera looks really good. A few people do. There's always people that look good in training. There's 50 guys that can be very fast in training. Yeah. It's just who brings it on the race day. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean Laurie, the, the Taylor, my teammate, British guy, young British kid, is uh, very very fast on his day in training. Um, he just needs experience, and well, that's. I take it he's he's going to be in Levy, right? Yeah, he'll Where be in Levy. Start. What sort of bibs is he? Probably sixty-ish. It's hard to say. You don't know who turns up in Levy. It's quite often a stack field. It's quite often everyone comes to Levy because it's winter up there and they yeah. can get good training up there. So everyone comes and and then they kind of see where they're at and choose Europa Cup, World Cup, that kind of thing. And, um, I think Laurie will be definitely gunning for the Europa Cup um, because he's not ranked thirty-five this year. 
Uh, he had to give it a go last year, which he did. He gave it a really good go. But um, I remember the first time I stepped on Wengen. And I remember watching it on TV thinking, oh, yeah, that looks tough at the top. I was at the top of Wengen. I was like, what the hell is this? It's like uh, it's like this undulating... There's not one... Uh, it's it, not... There's not one Okay, out the gate's good. And then you, you hook a left... And then there's two rollers, but in the rollers there's like these side, hills. side rollers. Um, then it hooks a right onto pancake flat, and then it's so steep. And um, I remember Mandy; she went to she did some coaching at the British Schoolboys or something that was at Vengen, and she took her kids onto the to just go down the World Cup yeah. piece. And she said to me, "I cannot believe how steep that pitch is. You just don't see it on TV." No. And so for, to go there for your first time and race down it without making mistakes is, well, it's borderline impossible. Some people do it, but you need experience. And people talk about experience on World Cup tracks, which is it's definitely more because you're doing the same course, so you learn different lines. But you need experience on just to know the piece. And I mean, Kitzbühel's an absolute beast. Wengen, uh, I find Val d'Isère really tough. It's always changing, um, but you need experience on those pieces. And he, he's, he's getting it. Um, and then he'll learn a lot in Europe Cup again. Well, is he going to be doing more of a split programme with Europa Cup this year? Yeah, he's going to have to because, yeah, he's it's still got a lot of time. Yeah, yeah and he's got a lot to learn. So Because how old is he? He's only 23. Yeah. And I know where I was at 23 and what, like, yeah. and my technique and that. So, yeah, it's, it's such a long road. Same with Raposo. He's, he's coming up both the same age. You look at that generation; it's it's huge potential, but well, there's the huge potential of... at that age, and it's then it's how how do they go from nurture now? It, yeah. yeah, and and it's it's nurture everything's in place in the federation for them, but it's still down to the athlete. Yeah, it's still who's doing it the right way. Um, but I think they've got good attitudes. I'm positive positive about the future for the British. So good. Oh, I think we'll leave it there then. Yeah, Dave, thank you very much. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening, then make sure you subscribe and give us a like. And uh, we will see you for the Levy preview, where we'll uh, have our Dave Riley flags out. And uh, we'll see you then. <laughs> don't, uh, don't pick me. Crikey. Anyone <laughs> you pick in Solden was was not on it in the girls' race. Oh, no, not in the girls. Ben, so, uh, ben called Tessa and she was third. True. Yeah, I... Uh, but I got Pantera right, but then I think that was, I was actually, To be fair, last year I listened to Ben's pick in Solden and he picked Tessa and I was like, and he got it, I was like, that guy knows his stuff. And then the whole <laughs> season, he pick. didn't get another one. <laughs> he let me down. <laughs> it's only pick. Right, yeah. don't pick Dave, pick anyone else and leave right. me to it. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, all right. Cheers, Dave. Bye for that. <laughs>